hello! Welcome back to my podcast, Random Thoughts and Things. Today's episode is the second part in a three-part series about mental health and my experiences with it. This episode, I'm going to talk about my experience with depression. Like the last episode, before I go into my personal experiences with them, I'm going to tell you a little bit of information that I found. So, after a Google search, I found the National Institute of Mental Health website, which gave me some statistics. According to their website, major depression is one of the most common mental disorders in the United States. There are different forms of depression, which can be defined as the following. Persistent depressive disorder, which is also called dysthymia, is a depressed mood that lasts for at least two years. Another form of depression is postpartum depression that, according to the NIMH, many women experience during pregnancy or after delivery. Yet another form of depression is psychotic depression, which occurs when a person has severe depression plus some form of psychosis. The psychotic symptoms typically have a depressive quote-unquote theme, such as delusions of guilt, poverty, or illness. There's also seasonal affective disorder, which I kind of touched upon in my first episode, It's characterized by the onset of depression during winter months when there is less natural sunlight. While it generally lifts during spring and summer, it can return every year. Finally, bipolar disorder. While different from depression, is included because someone with bipolar disorder experiences episodes of extremely low moods that meet criteria for major depression. Now, we got the different types out of the way, which, by the way, I'm going to leave the link to the National Institute of Mental Health in the description box so you can check it out or get some more information. So, going back to those stats I mentioned, according to the NIMH, an estimated 16.2 million adults in the United States had at least one major depressive episode. The prevalence of major depressive episodes was higher among adult women, 8.5%, compared to men, 4.8%. The prevalence of adults with a major depressive episode was highest among individuals aged 18 to 25, 10.9%. In 2016, an estimated 10.3 million U.S. adults aged 18 or older had at least one major depressive episode with severe impairment. For adolescents, or kids aged 12 to 17, an estimated 3.1 million had at least one major depressive episode. As with adults, it was higher among adolescent girls, 19.4%, than boys, 6.4%. Finally, in 2016, an estimated 2.2 million adolescents in the United States had at least one major depressive episode with severe impairment. I, wow, I just, wow. Okay, let's try and take this in for a second. 16.2 million adults experience major depression and 3.1 million kids, adolescents, experience major depression. Combined, that's 19.3 million people aged 12 and up that experience major depression. That is such an upsetting number. We really need to do better by our kids and ourselves in society so that that number can decrease. I know that it's hard and that most times when going through a depressive episode, it can be tough to do anything. 
even if it's something that will benefit ourselves. It doesn't matter how long it lasts, it can feel like a lifetime, just a black hole with no end in sight. I want to say though, you're never alone. There will always be someone out there who cares and is willing to help, regardless of what your depression is telling you. As with the last episode, I'll put links and helplines in the description box along with my Twitter and Instagram. So, with that being said, I'll go ahead and jump into my experience with depression. I was in the 8th grade when it first started. The previous school year was kind of all around terrible. My friend group had split up and we were fighting so much that the teachers and even principal had to get involved. A few of my friends and I sort of stayed on the sidelines and didn't get involved, but we still had to go talk to the teachers and principal because they knew we were all friends. And that was pretty much how my 7th grade year ended. And going into 8th grade was... Well, I was nervous something would happen, but thankfully the drama had died down over the summer break. But 8th grade came with its own problems, for myself at least. Like I said a few episodes ago, I was always self-conscious about my body and weight, and this was a year it all sort of hit me the hardest. Because my friend group split, I was stuck in this weird in-between space. Everyone else already had their own groups and wanted to spend time with them, and their friends before going off to a way bigger school. I still had a few friends, but even though now they're my best friends, when we were in 8th grade and going through this transition period, they kind of stuck with the people they knew. I could have done that for sure, but at the time I was shy and feeling down and bad about myself. It eventually just got to the point where I stayed by myself. Maybe people took pity on me because I was a weird kid, but... I was so in my head and down in the dumps, I preferred to stay by myself. I can't remember the exact trigger, but at some point in the year, I had started cutting. I cut my forearms mostly, but I have a few light scars on my legs. I remember being really, really afraid the first time I did it, then feeling really sad and mad at myself. Not mad that I did it, but mad I didn't go deeper when I did. I kept this up for a few months, only cutting when I felt so worthless and numb that the pain and anger I felt after kind of kickstarted my emotions for a bit. Eventually, a girl at school saw my arms and told a teacher, who talked to me that day and told my parents. From then until the end of the year, I wasn't allowed unsupervised at home, and the teachers kept a closer eye on me. Now, something I've done since I was very young was hold in my emotions. Basically, whatever emotions or emotional responses I deemed inappropriate, I put behind a wall or dam in my brain and heart. So, for example, while I was going through all this, I just wanted to cry and scream and shout and cry some more, but those weren't and aren't appropriate responses to people being worried about you, so I shoved those to the very back of the dam and ignored it as best I could while in public. The whole reason I call it a dam is because when dams break, the water they're holding back comes rushing out and can wreak havoc. That's exactly what happens when my emotional dam breaks, and then however long it takes me to build it back up slash recover is usually when I'm at my lowest and most vulnerable. Anyways, eventually my grade 8 year comes to a close and my parents and I go to the Dominican Republic for two months. This was the craziest summer. There were family problems coming out of the wazoo. Oh, my mom's from the Dominican, so we went there to visit our family on her side and to hopefully, quote-unquote, fix me. 
I grew up with the belief that people who had mental health issues were just crazy or lazy. While I'm very happy to say I've outgrown that mindset and belief, it was super prevalent while I was in the Dominican. My family made me go talk to a therapist there for the last two weeks we were there. And so having that mindset and thinking at the time that therapy meant something was seriously wrong with me and really not wanting that to be the case, I lied. If he asked me how I was feeling, I told him I was fine. If he asked me to explain, I would tell him what I meant by fine. I left there with a clean bill of mental health, but it took my parents almost two years before they could fully trust me again. Before I continue, I want to say that lying to your therapist is a really, really, really bad idea. I cannot stress that enough. You're hurting yourself by doing that, and you're denying yourself the chance to get better. Please, if you are thinking about therapy, do not lie to your therapist. If you don't feel comfortable telling them everything all at once, that's fine, but don't lie about how you're doing or feeling. My next podcast episode is going to be about therapy though, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. So, with that little side note, let's get back into it. After we got back from the Dominican and I started high school, it was actually okay. I was anxious about it, but I'd gotten to the point of ignorance in regards to my emotions that the new experience of high school just overshadowed it, so I could ignore the quote-unquote bad stuff easier. Once things settled down though and I got into a routine, I could feel that creeping feeling again. Tiny little whispers when I didn't do good on a test or when I didn't understand something that my peers did. But this time, instead of letting everything affect me and get to the point where I was cutting again, I went to my guidance counselor and she directed me to a program that set me up with a talk therapist. Again, I'll talk about that in my next episode. But when I left this therapist, I was so much better equipped to handle my depression. After high school, I was fine for a few years, and I even thought that my depression was just gone. Cured. Or something I had only gone through because I was younger and I didn't have the tools or knowledge to help myself. But recently, my career sort of, t- my career sort of took a shit-kicking. I've said before that I'm a mobile crane apprentice, but I never really explained why. I've always been interested in mechanics, and I'm honestly a huge heavy equipment nerd. If I could go somewhere and study the engineering for cranes or heavy equipment, I would be able to die happy. I just really love cranes. So, when my career seemed like it wasn't going anywhere and I wasn't going to fulfill my dream, I felt like such a failure. I got so in my head about it and so overwhelmed that everything in my body just went nope and I went through a major depressive episode that I haven't gone through in a very long time. For a week, I barely ate, I barely slept or I slept too much and I was just shut down. Sorry, and I just shut down all emotions. I wasn't feeling anything and I wasn't doing anything good for myself. What was the point of getting up to go to work if it was all for nothing? Why did I need to eat it? Why did I need to eat if I wasn't using any energy anyways? I didn't cry even if I wanted to. My family life was tense at the time because it was right around Christmas and my grandmother was visiting from the Dominican and she was saying she wanted to leave because of my dog being in the house. She wasn't used to having an animal in the house and felt dirty because my dog was there even though she was in the basement with me all the time. 
my dog, not my grandmother. So they were all fighting and arguing one day about all this, and I didn't even speak when normally I would be fighting with them. I had no desire to do anything, even see my boyfriend. I just felt so empty. My grandmother noticed this, and eventually her and my sister sat me down and talked with me. Something about that conversation just flipped a switch inside me and broke my emotional dam and kicked my ass right out of the rut I was in. I started looking up therapists, practicing what my old therapist taught me, and applying for jobs. Even though it was a really rough week and it felt like it was lasting forever, with the support of my loved ones, I was able to push myself out of my slump and take care of myself again. I'm still struggling, even though it's been a few weeks, and I know I need to find a therapist again. I'm honestly so fortunate to have people to help me and recognize when I'm not doing well. I know not everyone has that, and while it might not be much, I'm extending an open invitation to you. If you're going through a hard time and need to tell someone, feel free to tell me. It's never a burden, and sometimes just getting it out in the open can help relieve some pressure on you and help you think a little clearer. I know how it feels to be alone and feel like no one will want to listen, which is why I want to help as much as I can. Your life has so much meaning and value, and it's hard to see that when you're in a dark place, but I promise you it's true. No matter what your brain is saying, you aren't a failure, and you are worth something. You are loved, your friends do want to hang out with you, eating is good for you, and it won't make you fatter. It's fuel for your body and brain that you need. Yes, drinking enough water throughout the day is important for you and your bodily functions. Okay, so anyways, that's all for me. Please take care of yourself, and remember you are loved. There's links to the websites I use in the description box, as well as my Instagram, at Misha Bison, and my Twitter, at Major Mish. Next week will be the third and final part of this series before the Bell Let's Talk Day. So, I'll see you next week.